Hello and welcome. This is the Realigned Podcast with Christy Lundy and Arya Kingring. We are here to share about everything that has to do with alignment and connection to your business, your clients, the land, and yourself. Welcome. Here we go. Christy, what are we going to be cooking up today? Yes, we are going to talk about boundaries and healthy boundaries, and actually maybe even some unhealthy boundaries too. Boundaries (laughs) come in all shapes and forms, lack of them, too many, not enough, the wrong ones, they're all over the place. And it's so hard. It's so hard for me. This is new for me. Not new now, but was not part of my upbringing. And I don't think part of most people's upbringings, right? This starts in childhood. I didn't know I was going to start here, but here we are where, you know, we're supposed to listen to our parents and whatever they say is right. And a lot of us were raised that way where we did not have boundaries. Like your teacher says this, it goes, which in some ways is right, but also is not. And so we don't learn with our friends like, oh, you should always share. Like, what if I don't want to share? So we just, we don't learn any easy ways to put these into place. And then when we put them into place, it's so scary and difficult, especially when you're just getting started. I would love to hear from you in your experience and what you, what you have experienced for yourself, as well as what you witness around where are some places that this shows itself in, you know, that specifically in your work, but also just in the dynamic between where work also meets the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. There's so much here. So with clients, we come up across it all the time, right? When people can reach us, commissions, um, what forms of communication we prefer, what types of questions to be asked, the way people can speak to us. Um, and then in how just the overall work then interferes, I don't want to say interferes, interacts, that's the better word, <laughs> with our personal lives. When do we have time for ourselves? When are we shutting work off? When are we able to step away and connect with other people or ourselves? Um, it's all of those things are so difficult when you work in a 24-7 industry or what you know is thought to be a 24-7 industry it can be really hard to shut off the work mode. Or if you do, it can feel, it can create a lot of anxiety on, oh my gosh, I'm not working right now. So I'm going to lose something. or I'm going to miss something. Mm-hmm. And that was something I struggled with for a really long time. It's like, oh my gosh, I took a day off to go to Disneyland with my kids. I'm going to miss a client. I'm going to miss a deal. I'm going to miss the thing. Because I'm not working. I always need to be working. If I'm not pushing, if I'm not looking, I'm losing. Mm -hmm. And that just, I mean, hits us from everywhere all the time. So the one, the one of the very first pieces that you mentioned around the communication with clients, when to be communicated with really seems to be a big popular topic of conversation from what I get to witness. (laughs) And so I'm curious if, because even if we were to go back to earlier in your career, in your experience, where you, or people that you witness, um, 
are having that challenge. Can you go into it a little bit deeper? I'd love to hear what you notice because there is, I think you also really hit on the fear of missing out on stuff is a huge driver of that. But I would love to hear more about what's happening inside of you and inside the business or the person, if it's not you, um, in that kind of experience when you're, when you're actually having to manage it. Yeah. When I first started, I set the expectation that I was always reachable, that that was the thing that made me different and better. That if you texted, I was going to text back right away. If you called me, I was always going to pick up your call. Um, if you needed to show a home or see a home, I was always going to be the one to show you. I was going to arrange to make it happen. It was going to be on your time when you needed. Da, da, da. Like That was good customer service, was always being available. And that is where burnout happens. It disrupted my family life. I mean, they talk about the real estate divorce all the time. Mm. This is where it starts is where you really put your work first and your clients first instead of yourself and your family. And it sounds selfish to be like, Oh, myself and my family, but it's not because it, again, if your cup's not full, then (laughs) you can't be giving anything to anybody else. But really um, and it was funny because I saw it play out too. I was always available for my clients, especially as a woman. I feel like I, I don't want to show my work, right? I really want things to just come across seamless and smooth and like, oh, this all just magically appeared, right? And my clients just didn't appreciate me because they didn't see the work. They didn't see the boundaries. And I was doing, I had a a colleague that I'd started training with and I was picking something up for PTA. I was picking up tables for an event. And one of the addresses was one that I recognized from our sales board. And so I knocked on the door and I was like, Hey, you know, was da 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 your, your agent. And man, she just went off. Oh my God. And this was a mom I knew from school. Um, and we'd met after she bought the house and, Oh, it's so fantastic. Always so busy, but, you know, made sure to have time to get back to me. Um, just a really great agent, always, always working, always busy, you know, and just, she kind of laid out his boundaries that he'd put up. This agent was not super busy, right? He was golfing. He was spending time (laughs) with his kid. Um, he hadn't sold as many homes as I had, but she really appreciated the time because he showed that it was valuable. And here I was on the other end, killing myself, trying to have everybody feel like I was available all the time and not being appreciated for it because I was not valuing my time. I was saying, my time is free to you. If I work for you, you get everything. And people don't appreciate that, you know? And it it really did destroy me. That was a great lesson for me. And it was funny, even a couple of years later, um, I was number two in my office that year and we were at a dance and, and she's like, Oh, how's business? I was like, great. Like I just got the award for number two. And she's like, Oh, was da 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 number one? And I was like, no, like he wasn't even in the top 10. I didn't say that because that would have been very rude, but <laughs> right. But, um, I wasn't trying to throw anybody under the bus cause he has a great business, but, um, it showed that those boundaries that he set early on with his time, 
Like I may not pick your phone call up the first time, but I'm going to get back to you. If I don't pick up, I'm in an appointment. And it didn't matter if that appointment was Disneyland or the golf course or a client. He had appointments with himself as well. That was a, a huge lesson for me. Mm. Appointments with yourself. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. <clears throat> yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It's there's you you named so many amazing pieces in there and the one thing that I wanna just highlight is you had said that you weren't valuing your own time. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge one, right? And and it goes back to again, like the fear of missing out on things. But there's there's at least from my perspective and my experience, what I notice is that when we shift those things in our own self, then we get to have a different experience of ourselves in the world. And the way, like I even feel like I can remember having these conversations, right? Because it's like if I don't answer the phone or if I don't meet them or if I say no or whatever the thing is, then what if they might leave? Or what if they, you know, cancel? Or what if they, whatever the thing might be? And, um, and so we share a little bit about what you noticed when you shifted it inside your own self, what, what actually was the experience, if you can recall. Yeah. So for me, if I'm available, both energetically and time-wise, and my client calls, I'm always going to pick up the phone. But if I'm otherwise engaged in something, I'm going to get back to them, right? There aren't really very many emergencies in real estate unless something is like actually on fire or someone's actually dying in your listing, right? <laughs> so, so there really aren't very many emergencies. Most everything can be handled at a different time. And the biggest thing that I found was that my clients are less worried when I don't react immediately, mm. right? If they are worried about something and they call and they're all stressed out, if I act like it's also an emergency, that whole sense is heightened because I'm, I'm the professional. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna take care of this right away. Da, 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 da. Rather than the talk down of, yes, I understand that this is so important to you. I completely agree. Here's what we're going to do next. We're going to lay the steps out. Even this morning, I'm texting with it with a client and she's like, well, we want to put the offer in now. And I was like, let's walk through this, right? Old me would have been like, oh my gosh, Aria, I'm so sorry. I've got to stop podcasting. I have to go write this offer for this client. They're expecting it right now. You know, my approach is different. They're not reviewing offers until Wednesday. And so we actually don't want to have our offer in right away because we don't want to be the first one. So there's, you know, all of those pieces where now I can be calmer in my business where I'm more centered and grounded. And it also helps to calm my client, helps them see the timeline, helps get them get out of that anxious energy um, and really make better decisions for themselves. Because when we're acting out of that anxiety and that fear of missing out, that's when we start making bad decisions. Yeah, I can even really feel that in you just as you're recalling this because there you can literally feel the difference between being reactionary you mm-hmm. know like you're like holding a hot potato and you need to like uh, versus being strategic and that's what feels like you're much more well resourced in your own ability to be strategic and respond accordingly instead of being reactionary yeah, and it's played out in i brought up commission earlier in my commission structure as well 
right? So when I was not valuing my time, it also means I wasn't valuing my dollar per hour. I wasn't valuing, you know, my own money and financial situation. And gosh, I was giving away commission left and right, right? If something was going wrong, I was throwing money at it. And it was funny because I had um, a conversation with some clients. I was interviewing some new buyers probably three weeks ago now. And we were sitting at a Starbucks after a showing. He said, yeah, you know what? I've been talking to mortgage. And if I go through mortgage, if I go through them, they will hook me up with an agent who will give me back 1% of the purchase price. And one, mortgages retail prices, if you go through the website, they're higher than if you go through a broker. So that's one thing. Um, And it's not wrong to go through online, whatever is most convenient for you. You know, I always suggest working with a local lender. But, you know, I sat there and I said, you know what, that sounds like a really great deal. And if you would like to do that, I would encourage you to do that. Unfortunately, I cannot meet that. You know, the seller pays the commission. It's nothing out of your pocket. And, you know... That's if you if you want to work with one of their agents, I would encourage you to do that. I'd love to work with you. I think we'd be a great team. I'm going to work really hard for you. And I can't meet that. My time is more valuable than that at this point. And I actually said that. And they said, oh, no, like we, we weren't asking. We weren't asking. Right. Like we just wanted to bring that up. OK. You know, and their clients now. And it it was one of those things where before I would be, oh, no, I've, I've got to meet it. I've got to match it. But now that I really see the value in my time, I can go get other clients with that time that I would have spent working with them to then give them back some of that money that I've worked hard, that I have years of experience to earn. Um, so That's just beautiful. really setting that boundary with them. And we've had a great relationship. It's interesting because I think it's really helpful for people to hear what is possible, actually possible, what actually happens when they do shift it. Because I know that for a lot of people, and this is for all kinds of things, this this is for all kinds of things, when we're met with the opportunity to shift a core pattern in our own self, we can move into a whole host of different kinds of responses to that. But it could be fear, it could be contraction, it could be anger. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But for a lot of times what happens when, when there is another possibility, it can sound too good to be true or it can seem like so risky, so risky. If I were to have a boundary, value my time, value my resources, my expertise, whatever it might be, then there could be all of these consequences, all of these bad things that happen. And so for people to actually hear that it's available to become something quite beautiful and really like strengthening of your experience in yourself and your in your work and your contribution and that there's just no fear i hear, I hear no fear yeah. <laughs> when you're speaking about what it's like and what happens and there's a whole bunch of other pieces that I can I can feel yeah. <laughs> I can feel future episodes coming around things around <laughs> money and you know what it is that makes it true for you to be able to be um, you know certain in your non-reactionary experience. Yeah. 
but it's really helpful, I think, for people to get to hear what's happening because then it can soften the part of us that wants to fight, flight, freeze in the, the prospect of some kind of significant change. Well, and before I had that boundary, I probably would have reacted very differently. Yeah. I would have gotten defensive. I would have tried to over-explain. I would have tried to sell myself again. I've, I'd already sold myself. We already had a connection, right? Um, and I find people asking these questions less. I find now that my boundaries are more secure around my time and I do set, you know, I, I tell them what my boundaries are. Look, I wake up at 4.15. If you get me later in the night, I'm a pumpkin. Like I do, I turn off. My brain doesn't function. You are not going to get the best of me. Plus agents aren't working at nine o'clock at night. They might be, but they're not talking to their clients. Usually nobody's presenting an offer at nine o'clock. Maybe somebody is, but that's not the norm. Right. And I get less pushback now, the more that I've done this work. And I, I don't even get the questions, right? Like the field of boundaries is so much stronger and further away from me now, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? Like it's, if it was here before and everyone was like, ding, ding, ding. And it was like very present. Um, And I'm like holding my hands up really close to my face if you're just listening. And then, you know, having it really big and wide, um, I don't even feel that anymore where people are trying to press in on them because there's so much space um, and because they're so strengthened. Yeah, that's such a good remembering <laughs> because that is a, yeah. that's a huge part of what happens, right, is the boundary. We all experience boundaries in different ways. And there's from one of the teachers and there's there's books on I mean there's so much so many resources but there's you know what some of things I'm just going to name some of the ways that the boundaries can play themselves out so we can kind of start to tap into what it might be like for for anyone who's listening um but just like what you were just naming with your it's almost like if your field or your edges were right up against the edge of your body the same as your skin basically there's mm-hmm. no space around you you know it's not um, it's just, everything is very tight and everything that everyone else is doing or, or experiencing or needing or wanting from you is also right there and there's no space. And that also feels like it very much contributes to the, that reactionary and protection mechanisms that get triggered. Um, and also before I name all of them, I want to just say the, the thing that you, that you named around, you don't even have to have the conversations all the time anymore. Things just don't even happen. That is absolutely such a common thing that happens when we shift it in our own self is that it's just, it's gone. It's gone. That's just, it's not on the menu anymore, you know, and now we're doing things different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So not available to me. I'm not available for this. Sorry. Right. So it doesn't even appear. So, and if it does, it doesn't always mean that it's because of yours and it doesn't always, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things, but um, yeah, so there can be the way where our boundaries, if our boundaries get triggered, that we actually kind of bail. So we, when I say we, <laughs> where are you in relation to your body? You might notice that you're up and out of the body, like you're just not there. And so that's one thing that shows itself. Another is that people's walls go up. They get defensive. They want to fight or they like really, you know, dig their heels in, you know, 
they're ready to like stand their ground. Um, another can be like people pleasing or over giving, like what we were naming in the previous episode, where people are willing to almost sacrifice themselves in order to, you know, meet the needs or the wishes of others. And and then also there can be the the mask, you know, the facade, um, the way where I'm going to be whatever you need me to be. So there's all kinds of dynamics in terms of how the boundaries show themselves for people because they everyone has a different setup, you know. Um, some people, when when they're met with this they might fight and get super strong and, you know, feisty in their response. And other people will just be like gone, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And so it really depends on what your own operating system is or what your setup is. But so for those who are listening, just really noticing if there's one of those things that, that resonates with you where you're like, oh, that's the way that I do that. Then, then you can know that that's a pattern. When we start to notice the patterns that are present for ourselves, then we can do something about them, right? So, that's what I, I that's what I that. notice in terms of yeah. The I love that because I think the other thing is that other people tell us what boundaries we need, right? Yes. And so we do. We put these boundaries up, and they're not right for us or our business or how we're aligned or our design, and. They feel fake and then they end up kind of exploding, right? Like they blow up in your face and then you're like, oh, boundaries don't work. (laughs) So I love that, that knowing of, okay, here's where I'm noticing when, when my boundaries are being crossed or what should be a boundary is being crossed. Here's how I react. I'm either fighting or I'm flighting or I'm freezing, right? Like what is the thing? What's, what's the response or maybe none of those. Maybe it's something totally different for you. Um, maybe it's a sense of anxiety. Maybe it is um, sadness, right? Who knows? Sense of abandonment, anything. Um, and then, okay, that's the feeling. What does the boundary need to be? And so that way, you know, what happens is you end up on the pendulum of, okay, I'm going to go all the way to the left with no boundaries. And then I'm going to put these boundaries up. And then you go all the way to the right so far rather than really being like in the middle of like, okay, here's actually where that healthy boundary is rather than the unhealthy boundary all the way to the right where you're like keeping everything out, even the good things Mm -hmm. um, rather than that middle one. And that really does look different for everyone. Like I love to talk about my work time just in a really practical sense. I have like my 100% times, then I have my 50-50 time. And I explain that to my kids. I explain it to my clients is if you get me during the workday, like I'm hundred percent here I am, I'm working. These are the hours that I'm working. And that changes from time to time, right? You know, I work some weekends, sometimes night times are hundred percent work time. If I'm showing property or I've done something, you know, personal during the day. And then I have that hundred percent home time, right? Whether that's with me, whether that's my kids or my husband or my friends, I'm off right? It's a hundred percent home. I'm not worried about work. I'm not thinking about it. You know, that's that time. And then I have this 50, 50 time. Like I love to pick my kids up from school. And so I'll tell them, like, I really try to not be on the phone when they're in the car with me, but that's 50, 50 time, right? Between it's like, you know, three o'clock and four thirty PM. 
when I'm hanging out with them, like, hey, if I don't have anything going on at work, I'm with you. But if something happens at work, I'm going to need to step away because for me, these are business hours. So I get to have that 50-50 time of kind of, oh, whatever whatever plays out can be okay. But but really setting that boundary of the 100-100. And some people may not work with 50-50 time. That may not feel good for them, but that that works in my boundary system really well. That's a beautiful strategy. That's really beautiful. And it's it's very honoring of what you have cultivated as your important, you know, places where you're choosing to put your attention. And one of the things that that you named in there is that not not everything works for everyone. And I think that that's one of the things. I mean, I I will probably keep saying that in this <laughs> in our pad, podcasting time because that's just such a big way that it feels like it continues to show is like, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's, it's a, a loving invitation from me <laughs> that if you ever hear someone say, this is how you do it or imply, this is how you do it, that you can just take it with the, you know, goodness that is meant. And then also notice like, is that true for you? Do you want to try it? see how it goes, see what works, what doesn't. But if it doesn't work, you know, don't beat yourself up about it because it's now you're bad or failed or did something wrong. It's more of like an invitation, you know, but there's a lot of different ways to do it, including with boundaries. You know, how we decide to set boundaries. Some people will have very strong, firm, don't mess with me kinds of boundaries and that's other people will never even have to say a word about it. It just is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all kinds of things in all the ways in between. Um, but it's not it's not a, you know, black and white kind of scenario. It's really like discovering what it is that works the best for you. And it can change over time as your priorities change and as your experience with yourself and your business changes. Yeah, lots of ways to do it. I, I want to bring a little piece of human design into this too. Um, because I think how we're designed too is how, how people can try to test our boundaries or try to, to push them. And it has, it doesn't have anything to do with what they're trying to do or anything, but so I'm a three, five, if you're familiar with, with human design at all. And if not, um, basically there are these, these parts of ourselves, but the, the five is called the heretic. And this line five, Angela, my business partner and I are both line fives, three fives. And it is this, people see fives as the one who can do things for them, right? Like it's almost the savior type, except that it becomes the heretic because what they're doing is they're projecting their, their desires onto you. Like, oh, I see that person. She can do that thing that I want to do. And it was funny before I learned about human design, we experienced that all the time. We'd go into a new real estate office and, oh my gosh, Christine, Angela, you guys should be doing this. You should be farming in this area. You should be selling this type of house, right? Because they saw the things that they wanted to do. And because of our design types, saw us as the type of people who could do them. And for a long time, both of us, we didn't have that boundary. We didn't know anything about human design either. We were like, oh yeah, we should do that. That sounds great. And we never checked in to see if the thing that was being projected upon us was the thing that we actually wanted for our lives and our business. And we're way better about it now. And that's now it's funny that we are, we have that boundary of like, cool, you can tell us what you think we can do. We know what we can do. Our business has exploded from the times that we were sitting there just being, you know, projected upon. Um, 
so huge for us to recognize that and learning some human design has definitely helped to recognize that's the pattern. And I'm happy to take that, that suggestion with love and maybe we'll take a piece with it. And how does that work with what our true desires are, what we want for our business, what we see, you know, imagined for the future here. So really nice to, to throw a little human design piece in that on, on how you may typically get responses from people and then recognizing it and being able to, to deal with it in whichever way. See, maybe it's accepting it that, you know, and that's totally acceptable too, but, but knowing that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful thing to be able to recognize when you're playing in the projection field is being able to recognize when it's, when it's actually yours and when it's coming from somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I hope folks have learned at least how to recognize, you know, when their, their boundaries are being crossed or when they feel in their body that they should have a boundary that they don't, or when our listeners have maybe established a boundary that's too strong, that's keeping out some of the good as well. And I'd love to wrap up with a clearing maybe clearing out some old boundaries and helping us to establish new ones and recognize I'll let whatever comes through you, but that's what I'm feeling. Okay, cool. Okay. So let's just, if you're available, close your eyes and take a breath into your belly, just bringing your awareness to your body. Okay. So we're going to ask to release and clear anywhere and everywhere that others have decided what your boundaries are for you, consciously or unconsciously, anywhere that you've received that, knowingly or unknowingly, asking for your system and for your field to be reorganized in support of the highest expression of your truest state, supporting your unique design and your relational dynamics, that are supportive of your intentions, your vision, and your relationships. And then we're going to also release and clear any of the parental, cultural, and societal programming, patterning, and imprints of boundaries and relational dynamics. We're going to release and clear anything that's not yours, that's not true, that doesn't serve throughout all timelines, dimensions, spaces, realities, and beyond. And let's ask for your field to have some space. Have some space around it on the inside and outside. And while you're being present with your boundaries, with your edges, with your field, you can just notice if there's an intention or message that you would like to place at the edge of your field around how you would like to be experienced and how you would like to experience others and the world. And just intending that that can be placed there in all ways that serve the highest and best good for all involved that it can be designed and implemented in a way that's even grander than you might consider the words to appear, knowing that it is all done for you and with you 
in service to the highest and best good for all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's great. I threw some extra goodness out into the edge of my field. I feel very cushy right now. (laughs) I love that. I hope everyone else is too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Realigned Podcast. Uh, You can find us on Instagram. Leave us your comments. Tell us about your boundaries or lack thereof or how you've experienced this in your own life and in your business. We'd love to hear from you. And if there are any topics that you would like us to explore. So... Thanks so much, and we will see you on the next episode.